What's up, everybody? These amazing, handsome, and wonderful faces are back with another edition of the America is Blue podcast, uh, ready to soak up some more of our tears. So I hope you're uh, ready, ready for an open, whiny, crying episode here as we discuss another 2-0 defeat in a London derby to Brentford. And without further ado, without taking up too much time, I'll toss it over to my partner, Jay Himmelstein, for his first word and the views on the game. I mean, it was a snooze fest. It wasn't fun to watch. I, I'm immune. Boring. Dude, I'm immune. I'm immune. I'm like Superman watching this team. Nothing phases me. I expect them to go out and play like shit. They do play like shit. If they do put out the requisite effort, the results aren't there. Um, I'm resigned, which I'm actually okay with. I feel a lot better watching them now with zero expectation rather than what we were hoping for and, you know, salivating for over the course of the season, which is to perform at a level commensurate to what we're accustomed to. So dude, we're in mercy mode. I just find a way to scratch out like another point or two somewhere. Make sure you're safe from relegation. Get rid of half of these guys, restart the clock and start rebuilding the character of this team. So, I mean, the game itself, there's nothing to speak about. We played like shit. There was nothing we can do. The lineup was... I think we should spend some time talking about that because for me, it was very telling. It was shocking up front. And then as the more and more that I've been thinking about it, I think it's very telling as to what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, I agree. We've we've seen some wacky lineups before. We've seen some strange configurations that we didn't necessarily agree with. I have to say, when I saw the team sheet, this is the worst, most nonsensical team we've ever hit the pitch with. And when I looked at the front three of your boy, Connor Gallagher, Raheem Sterling as the tip of the spear, and N'Golo Conte on the wing, what are we doing? I mean, where were the goals supposed to come from? That's what I texted you. I texted you literally. How the fuck are we supposed to score any goals? And... When we had some opportunities out on the wing, when we got some width, who are they dumping it into? Raheem Sterling for a towering header? Like, what the hell is going on here? So, I, it's just, it was so hard to watch. It was agonizing. And you use the exact word. I'm just resigned. I, like, legitimately have an expectation that I'm going to be let down. And I was, if we would have taken the lead... I would have been like, oh, wow, look at us. It'll just be a matter of time before they scrape one back or scrape two back. I mean, we we could have given up three or four very easily, and I don't think we had a threat. No, no. I think the only way that we were going to score, which we had plenty of opportunities, was if we get a corner or we get a set piece, and if somehow finds the head of Wesley Fafana or Thiago Silva, and somehow we get a header, because none of the other guys on the field, maybe beside Enzo Fernandez, maybe he could hit a worldie from somewhere outside the box. No one else was capable of generating anything that was going to put the ball in the back of the net. And th- this is, again, it's a very similar lineup and formation to what we put out there against Real Madrid. And this just got me thinking, because it doesn't make any sense. When you look at this and you're like, man, how are we going to put those three guys up top? and expect anything, well, there is no expectation because none of those guys are capable of being able to put it together to score. And I, I've watched a lot of 
Chelsea YouTube personalities and people who are now frothing to have Frank Lampard sacked, get rid of him immediately, and saying that he's sabotaging the squad. And for people who are that closely in tune with this club, I just I I've just I've come to the realization that these people have been driven insane. They've been driven insane. Number one, if you think that Frank Lampard is doing anything to intentionally sabotage this club, you're out of your mind. The guy bleeds mind. for it. Frankly, again, he's doing a, us a favor. Who else, what guy who has ever coached or managed in the Premier League would ever decide to take over this steaming pile of shit for 10 games at the end of the season without any regard for the rest of their own managerial career? Who else is going to do that, right? So he's doing us a solid. And I really think the only reason I could come up with as to why he put those guys out there in those positions is despite all of the attacking players that we brought in, in his pre-match press conference, when he was questioned about certain players, he has to say, well, if they, if they, something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing, if they earn it, they'll get out there. And this just leads me to believe that there are a lot of guys who are getting paid a shit ton of money who are out there at Cobham who just, they're done. They're planning their trips to Bali and Mykonos or doing whatever they're planning on doing over the summer. And they're just, they're not putting in any sort of effort. They're done. And Frank has some pride and he believes in the squad and he's not just going to throw out a Xiao Felix or whoever else it is because of the price tag or because of the money that they're getting paid. If he doesn't think that they're putting in the sweat behind the scenes that makes them deserving of a spot in the starting 11, that is the only thing I can come up with. If he's seeing these guys loaf around and act like a bunch of losers behind the scenes and have already just given up on this whole thing, which I can't exactly blame them, but if they've just given up and tapped out, then he's going to put the guys out there who are going to at least give it their all. And that's what I can say about them. They're not skillful enough. They're in the wrong positions. Everything is a fucking mess. But at the very least, we are seeing that the guys that they put out there, I am seeing the effort. It's just, it's garbage. It's garbage. So that that is my conclusion from this. I am reasonably confident of this because there's no way that Frank Lampard is that stupid or thinks that this is the best lineup for to get attacking returns. He's probably just fed up with the bunch of high maintenance silver spoon assholes who are floating around the dressing room who've given up on the squad this year. I mean, it, I think that's a pretty accurate take and <clears throat> being, uh, you know, the, the pride thing I think is huge. You, you got to step up and leave it all out on the pitch for the fans because when you're playing at Stanford Bridge, you got to put something out there because they will call you out on it. And I, you know, agreed. The, the effort is there. There's just not enough, you know, skill and cohesion within the lineup. I don't think that there's too much of a plan. And anybody who had, you know, ideas that Frank was going to come in here and quote unquote fix it and, and go on some great run uh, at the end of the season, I think is an unfair and an unrealistic expectation given everything that's happened over the course of the season. And, you know, there's a, there's going to be a lot of tough conversations that need to be had and a, and a lot of long stares in the mirror, but the um, there's a lot of dead wood. Uh, there's going to be a ton of changes, which are without a doubt warranted. And we're going to have a, you know, a new season to look forward to. I just think, you know, the mercy mode statement is also very relevant because uh, from a Chelsea fandom perspective, I just want to jump, you know, off the tallest building I possibly can and stab myself on the way down because I can't die fast enough. Like, so 
I mean, let's let's try to keep things in perspective. Obviously, we feel like the the sky is falling because, you know, from our past experience, it is. This isn't the type of club where you you see these sort of performances, certainly not consecutively, and then the prolonged nature of which we are seeing this. That's what makes it so agonizing because we're, we're, we're getting back on here and, and just have nothing positive to really uh, talk about or, or hold on to. The only thing that's keeping me going is that this is eventually going to end. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the other consolation prize is that if we keep tanking, I mean, we'll have a really strong first-round draft pick. So that's good news. Um, <laughs> you know. Oh, again, wait. What? You no, know, I was, I was, when you said uh, we'll get a good first-round draft, I was like, oh, wait, wrong oh, football. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the irony no, but, of the NFL draft being on tonight. Yeah, you like that? Threw that in there. No, but anybody who's getting upset or pissed off about what's going on out there, I mean, dude, you just, you've lost the script. The truth is, man, we had Thomas Tuchel in for six games. He generated 10 points. We've played another 20-something, I think like 28 games or something along those lines, 25 games since then. We've generated another 19 points, or 29 points. 29. Like, dude, this has been a slop fest for months and months and months. The season was sabotaged and was and hit the iceberg the second that we fired Thomas Tuchel and replaced him with Graham Potter. Then all the tinkering with the lineup, the injuries didn't help. The break for where everybody was dealing with that shit. That was the that was the crucial moment when this season just went to complete shit. So everything that's happened since, I mean, we were all hopeful. Like you, you, you I don't think anybody was you know, taking a dump on Grand Potter immediately because you you know people were hyping him up, but it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. It's continued to get worse. There's nothing has made sense. And this is where we're at. Dude, we just literally have to hope, and it looks like it will work out, that we will stay up. We have to try to get in a competent manager who can install a system, have a full offseason to work with this team, make a couple of changes as far as the roster is concerned, right? Drop a lot of dead wood, add on a couple of crucial pieces, and come back and learn how to compete. But other than that, I mean, dude, there's not much to talk about in these remaining weeks. We have to try to find points. Hopefully, I'm, I'm targeting what the Bournemouth and the and the Forest game. If we can scrap together a couple of points from those two fixtures, great. Because everything else, we got Arsenal coming up. We think we still have Newcastle. We still have Man City. And all of those teams are frothing at the bit because they have shit to play for. And they don't suck. Yeah, I mean, we're staring down the barrel of a gun right now. Uh, Arsenal at the weekend is going to be licking their wounds from the city game, and they're going to be very eager to to stick it to us. Uh, so that's going to be tough. To your point, you've got high flying Newcastle, you've got the champions eventually again, Manchester City. I just hope Erling Erling Holland doesn't score eight hundred and eleven goals in one game uh, against us, because I'm I'm sure he's completely capable of doing that. I just really hope that. You know, to your point, we can just get the right group of guys that are going to play for the badge and, you know, play for the city of London and, you know, play for Chelsea Football Club, because that's just what we need. If we can have a little bit of momentum, something positive to hold on to uh, headed into the next season, clean slate. We're not going to have any European nights, unfortunately, but uh, the, the, the job right now is to stay up. And to put something forward that's going to make the fans, you know, prideful and happy and uh, as proud as we can coming out of this shit stinging season. I was trying to think of of any game 
I could remember where something good happened. Literally, the only thing I can remember because it's been so long since we we haven't lost, won a game in in eight, nothing, no wins in eight. Aside from the Dortmund game, I genuinely can't think of another match or or anywhere where I felt hopeful and happy and like we weren't on the the brink of collapse. Otherwise, it's just been nothing but one calamity after another. And dude, thirteen losses, thirteen losses. I mean, it is unheard of, yeah. unthinkable to be losing that many matches. Zeros from thirteen opportunities. Absolutely mm-hmm. devastating. I mean, yeah, the, the the only real successes that we've had this season have been in the Champions League. I'll throw in there the two AC Milan fixtures. You know, I think we felt pretty good after those. Um, but that's it. I mean, as far as Prem fixtures are concerned, we haven't beaten any competent teams. Any of them. It's all been, you know, Aston Villa was probably the best win we've had this season, and that's when they were playing like shit. That's it. That's it. There's really been nothing else. We haven't, I mean, we've put up a fight against a couple of other sides that are in the you know top portion of the table. But for the most part, we've just had a very regular dose of ass kicking. Yes. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. We're 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 not used to this stuff. And quite frankly, we deserve we're a punchline right now. We are a punchline for European folly, uh, for over exuberance with spending. And it's easy to take shots at us for our American manager, who I am so thankful he's there. I'm so thankful for everything that he's he's spent, but just please shut up, Todd. Just don't speak. Uh, until until we actually start putting some results together and you know uh, a little bit more about what you're talking about from a true football perspective. So, I mean, just getting into the match, it, it, it you know, obviously we know what what we saw. We know that it was a snooze fest. As soon as, you know, we gave up the that opening goal off of Cesar Azpilicueta's head, it was just, I felt terrible for him, but it it perfectly encapsulated everything that has happened this season it was just it was almost like poetic injustice the way that that had to go down but it did and we didn't have any life until we brought on mudrick and some you know actual attacking options which was re- you know refreshing to see we got to get that guy on the score sheet he needs to play every game because this dude needs a goal uh we, I, everybody needs a goal enzo needs to open his account and granted we don't expect that from him you know as much in the midfield but these guys that need to see the ball hit the back of the net, they need to be playing because Mudrick's not going anywhere. And we need to see, like you said, the, the requisite effort for the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can just die and kill ourselves off and, and just lick our wounds and come back stronger. That's all we can hope for, man. And, you know, I, I would like to see some of these new boys. I'd like to see them get time. And the, again, it goes back to what I mentioned earlier. The only reason that I can possibly come up with this to why Frank isn't putting some of these guys out here is because there are there are other attitude issues or things that are going on behind the scenes. Uh, Nani looked pretty decent out there on the ball. I'd like to see Mudrick out there. Aubameyang was at least when he was out there was getting shots on target. They weren't really effective, but he was at least making striker runs and doing something up there because... He's the only guy who knows what he's doing. Um, but, dude, it just leads me to believe that a lot of these guys have completely checked out. And we just, our, our, our objective here is very simple. Stay up, 
move on and try to forget about this as quickly as possible. I would say our only silver lining for the rest of the season, which is not going to happen, but if we can somehow get a result against Arsenal, that would make me very happy. That, that, that would give me at least something to be joyous about. If we can get a draw, God forbid, I mean, if we could somehow come away with a win against them and bury their chances at this title after all the shit that they've been talking with London being red, that would make me very happy. So their misery will be my elation. That would be fantastic. It looks like they already shat the bed on this one anyway, somehow. But if we could go ahead and just, you know, just thumb in the eye to the gooners, uh, that, that, that would make me really happy. We'll close out with this. And, you know, this is actually a good way to just tie it all together and just and just end this thing. I heard a joke the other day and on the streets of London, a young I think you probably maybe have heard this on the streets of London. A young lady was doing one of those, you know, survey type things. She says to a guy, she says, tell me your your best pickup line. And he grabs the microphone and he says, they call me Arsenal. I start on top and finish second. Which is just <laughs> fantastic. Um, I, like hat tip to that guy. Just, just unbelievable stuff. I think it, it's perfect. So we've gotten to the point of not being selfish and wishing success for our own selves, but rather wishing the demise, uh, you know, of, of others, of our rivals. So screw those guys to the north. London will always be blue, regardless. And uh, champions of Europe, you'll never sing that. That song has not echoed in the, uh, you know, the Arsenal State, not the Etihad, in the Emirates. And, uh, you know, they ain't singing that song because they ain't won the European title. And we have two. And we'll see if they can even win a Europa because Chelsea is actually the only squad to hold the Champions League and Europa League titles at the same time. Kudos to us. The glory days. History, ancient yep. history. Yep. But with that, well, let, let's just thank our sponsor, All Out Fitness. Thank, even though we're not doing Man of the Match, I got to give a shout out to All Out Fitness where they're always empowering individuals to be their best selves. And, uh, you know, Jay, we'll be back after the weekend to talk about what hopefully will be a result of some kind against uh, our arch rivals to the north, the aforementioned Arsenal. And, uh, you know, any additional content that you're looking for, go to americaisblue.com. Check us out there. Check us out on Instagram, on TikTok, and, of course, YouTube for full episodes of Our Handsome Faces. Until next time, Josh and Jay signing off, and America is indeed blue.